0: Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have both on air and online, in the technical senses of the word, seven days a week. Uh, Here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, I I say uh, uh, in both instances because there's two ways in which we present ourselves. Oh, if you know all this, bear with me. But it, it, it bears repeating for people who may not be familiar with our format. We are both a podcast and what we call a radio loop. Now, when you go to www.centerlefttalkradio.com and you see the picture of the microphone, the one that I'm speaking on right now, right below that picture, there are two links. And the first one is to our podcast feed. And that podcast feed, uh, the very first show on the podcast feed, the way the the feed is set up, shows are in reverse order. So the most recent show is the first one in the list, and, and backwards in time from there, I believe there's about 50 of them. That first show on the podcast list is the one you're listening to, probably listening to right now. You, you may have chosen an earlier show to listen to. That's your privilege, and, and we're very glad you did. But the likelihood is you're listening to the most recent show. Well, that very same show, this very same show, is also available from the second link on our homepage, the one that's entitled uh, Radio Loop. And a radio loop is precisely what it sounds like. It is a show that runs on a loop on a a separate computer over here in the studio. And we have software that runs it again and again and again and again digitally in a loop. And the signal coming from that show, from that computer, goes into the modem here in the studio. And the modem connects to a server God knows where, probably in some unused underground bunker from the Cold War somewhere in the Midwest or maybe who knows where, and that signal in turn gets pumped out to anyone with access to um, the internet anywhere, which would probably make it anywhere on the planet or Well, probably off the planet when you consider that there are satellite signals involved in this and that means that a signal could very well be pumped out somewhere into space traveling at the speed of light over the course of time, Uh, you know, light traveling one light year per year, however long that is, I used to know the number, it's in the trillions of miles, uh, how far light can travel. Well, it, it, it'll eventually hit some place we 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 envision, we imagine, where there will be some form of intelligent life. If, if you if you saw Sagan's, uh, well, the, the Jodie Foster film, but the Sagan from the Sagan book, Contact, uh, the suggestion was that Vega, uh, one of the nearest stars to us, about five, four and a half, five light years away, uh, basically might have had, I, I don't know if scientists still agree with this, but might have had uh, planets surrounding it or maybe moons around those planets, and there was a shot that there was intelligent life there. Well, something that was broadcast, let's say, four years ago would be getting there about now uh, and, and would you know take a while to go back and forth if they were re- sending something back to us. But in any event, uh, it's an intriguing thought that uh, even in the time we've been doing this show, we've been doing this show for nearly five years, over five years, actually, and we've done over 750 shows. And the possibility at least exists that some or one or any of those shows if there is intelligent life within four or five light years of uh, Earth, of the satellites that pick up part of the signal that gets moved around the planet on the Internet, if there is intelligent life within four or five light years of one of those satellites, this show may have already found its way... To an intelligent life outside of the Earth, it, it's 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 an intriguing thought, and and, and it's um I I always find the thought of intelligence beyond us, the thought of expanding our horizons. To intelligence beyond us, everything that Star Wars and Star Trek and and so many other uh, movies and series uh, have, have focused on, yes, granted in a fantasy way, but moving the notions and the concepts necessary to make interstellar communication possible, throwing them Uh, without a lot of scientific proof, especially in the earlier years of these projects, of all of these uh, media projects, but throwing it into the public consciousness and and challenging us to find a way, or at least begin imagining a way, to theoretically physics a way to make it possible to have interstellar communication. It's a marvelously hopeful thing. And, And I have come to the conclusion that our preoccupation with all things interstellar and communication and Star Wars, Star Trek, all of the other series that have been out there, has more to do with seeking a sense of hope than anything else. I, and, and, and I mean this sincerely, um, our ability to imagine that there is someone or something else out there is, yeah, some say it's just a distraction uh, from uh, the humdrum or the not-so-humdrum, the not-so-nice nature of everything around us. But I I think it's a statement, I prefer to think of it, as a statement of hope about what else might be beyond us, That, that if we can imagine another intelligence, we can imagine another intelligence where things might have been done a little differently and a little better in terms of resolving conflict, I mean, I guess we have to assume that conflict will always be there that there'll be some kind of of friction in the society, whatever it may be, and that we can either benefit from knowing what happened or maybe learn or maybe share technology that might be defying the prime directive, as they used to tell us on Star Trek. But getting something, being exposed, to something more, knowing that we're not alone. The sheer emotion of being able to say we're not alone and knowing that that means more than I have a neighbor down the road, meaning that we have a neighbor in the stars. To actually be able to say that and believe it, there is a tremendous emotional surge, I find, that comes with being able to say those words. And, and, and as things get dicier and uglier, as we seem to be going through a period of really intense ugliness on this planet right now. And of course, there's always good things to find. There's always good news. But, but the, large, the larger picture, before you hit the hopeful aspects, which are always there, so much of what surrounds us politically, geopolitically uh and what seems to dominate our news our newscast, you know what is in on our minds is of a decidedly uglier and uglier nature uh as the weeks and months have rolled along this is a a somewhat long-winded but but a but i think a, a a necessary uh prelude to discussing what i guess a uh, Some percentage of the country watched on TV last night, and that was the first night of the hearings, the public live hearings being conducted by the House Select Committee studying the events of January 6th, 2021. And, and, and already, already, these hearings are just as famous be, be, before the hearings even began. <clears throat> the 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 thing that was so uh, odd about how this began was the fact that it was announced, clearly announced, by Fox News and others that they were not going to carry these hearings. No, we will not. I, I, I imagine they might have made a statement. I, uh, Tucker Carlson or someone will have made uh, a statement to the effect that this is subjecting people to a lot of BS and it's just not true. And we already know that the election was stolen from Donald and, and whatever, whatever the, and we're just rehashing. Or, or it was just a bunch of tourists that were making you know, going to the Capitol, and things got a little out of hand, and it, it was a spontaneous thing, and, and it's over, and it didn't happen, and, and Biden is president, and just get rid of all this rubbish already, and God, we need a great president like Donald Trump to lead us once again. So, something like that. Th- that's obviously not what last night was all about. Last night... Uh, and and I and I have to uh, with with my I'm li- I, I, I am I am an attorney, and I have v- v- incredibly limited prosecutorial or litigation uh, experience. I do not function in that mode. I'm I'm a writer, and, and, and as as you may know, uh, and I'm certainly a presenter. And, but uh, that, the presentation skills I use on air, I have not uh, dedicated to the courtroom. It's just not. I've never attempted to translate it quite that way. Might, might have worked, but you know, at this stage in the game, I'm not sure that I really am, want to begin that process. Be that as it may, there was a prosecutorial statement. There was an opening statement of the prosecution. I I I, I look at it that way, made by Liz Cheney last night, the, the vice chair of the committee, Benny Thompson is the chair of the committee. And Liz Cheney, I think, is the vice chair, or uh, I, I forget what her exact title is. I, I could not disagree with Liz Cheney on more topics than I do. She, she and I are on virtually opposite sides of the political spectrum on everything you can imagine. But for some reason, she has decided that preservation of the union is actually... A priority of hers and and I think I've never heard her say it in, in so many words but is something that is in her political DNA as well that simply supporting the party no matter what isn't going to fly for her that there are things above party and Key among those is preservation of the Constitution and the constitutional authority that pervades, that should be pervading everything that we do in this country, and that Constitution has been violated in the most egregious possible way by the former President of the United States, Donald Trump, and that the facts of that violation, if not aired completely and given the opportunity to be understood by as many people as are going to listen, and that those facts are not, if, if not given to or made available to, the correct judicial sources, the correct, true prosecutorial sources, to do what needs to be done to basically see that justice is done to those who were involved in committing crimes, if that's not done, then the nature of what happened on January 6th, the stuff leading up to it and the stuff that's been happening since, is nothing but A ongoing prelude to a worse version of January 6th in the not-far-distant future. And if we allow that not-far-worst-case scenario to evolve and and take place as it might, we are running the risk of losing democracy in this, of, of, of essentially eliminating, of essentially drawing to a close American democracy and obviating the function of the American Constitution. It's that damned serious. Now now there's about 30 to 40% of the country, I don't know how you measure the numbers, whose eyes would roll back in their heads and say, shut up already, upon hearing what I just said because it's been said any number of times over the course of the last year and a half. But starting last night, and and I I gather for seven seven more nights, or six or seven or maybe eight more sessions, It it was a two hour session last night. This story is going to be told from, and if last night was an indication, from a prosecutorial perspective. Laying this out in a way that constantly, constantly brings it to the feet of Donald Trump and shows specifically both the criminal intent, the inability to hide behind pretended uh, uh, you know, lack of knowledge, you know, of ignorance of the fact, his incapacity to do that from a legal perspective now, that, that, given all the information he had and all the people who gave him that information from positions of authority, there was no way that he could deny that he had lost the election. And f- moving from that point, or even if you know, even from not that point, even if even if he if he sincerely, honestly, had a legal leg to stand on in believing that the election had been fraudulent, he does not, and that was proven last night at, at a minimum. That was proven last night. You, you, you had you had Mark Meadows, you had you had Bill Barr, you had all sorts of advisors on tape talking to the committee, saying straight out, I told him, I told him, I told him, there's nothing there. He knew it, he knew it, he knew it, he knew it. You can't get all that information from the top people and the people who know and simply turn around and say, well, I choose not to believe it. I choose to say there's a conspiracy. I say it's a lie and the more I say it and the more I bat my ears and everything, I'm just gonna persist in that lie and I can just simply do that and you know what? I'll get away with it because when they question me if I ever get to court and if I I have to say, I'll say, I truly believed, and I believe to this day there was something there. You see, legally, that falls apart. For a lot of Americans, that's been the stumbling block. Donald Trump is, is such a juggernaut of, 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 of perverted, you know, lying. And he's so persistent in the way he lies that it becomes, well, geez, you know, I, I think the guy might believe it. I, I think he really, you know, and, and, well, if he believes it, I believe it. And you know what? he He's telling me, and I know, what everybody knows what's really going on here, that he's our last hope. If we don't get him back in again, they're taking over. That's always the underlying story here. They're taking. Taking over. Now, I doubt if Liz Cheney would want to go to that end of this. She's dealing with the simple illegality of attempting to have a coup against the government of the United States of America. She's dealing with the insurrection that, in fact, already happened as far as, uh, as, far as uh, uh, the racial composition of the country, what you're willing to do about it, what kind of voting rights laws might be there, how many guns should be on the street. That's where Liz and I would be at, at polar opposites. But when you go the next step and you try to take the country down to enforce your vision of what or how things should be, in the case of Donald Trump, meaning simply, I should be in control. That is the bridge too far for Liz Cheney and for only two other Republicans, and everybody else seems to try to block it. And it goes on and on and on to this day. There seems to be a, the, the party denial of all things uh, regarding things that Trump may have done wrong. Uh, no one really wants to face it. Well, what we saw last night is that it needs to be faced and will be faced. We saw last night, and and this is what truly amazed me, um, I have never seen such a thorough linking of individuals basically telling Donald that it's all a lie about the election and a timeline statement that showed exactly how Donald basically was the ringleader, the kingpin of the insurrection that took place. And that the insurrection, and this is another favorite Trumpian or, you know, other supporter uh, storyline that that people like to put out there, that it basically was sort of a, well, it was a spontaneous thing. People just wanted to go march on the Capitol and, and, and things they just kind of got out of hand it it th- there was nothing more to it than that and then it ended and fortunately it's okay now no that's not at all what happened as liz cheney showed us last night there were communications for weeks prior to this there were there was a scouting party uh, of proud boys who went out uh, to the uh, to the Capitol before the Trump speech even began on January 6, his rally at the at the Ellipse and scouted out the various entrances that could or would not be used by the people who showed up later on. There are these magnificent series of overhead shots shot from the top of the Capitol showing where the crowd is at any given moment, how the breach process is going, how there's a logic to how this is all being done. It was not spontaneous. It was a planned, obvious effort and there is the evidence and uh, just the, one of the most damning things last night. Mark Milley, uh, General Milley, uh, saying that uh, time and time again trying to get the president to do something, finally getting calls from Mike Pence, Milley being called, the the, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff being called by Milley, uh, by, uh, by Pence, Vice President Pence saying and this is after hours of, of this, of this uh, siege continuing on, Trump doing not a damn thing, the vice president finally saying, we've got to get the, na- get the National Guard there, get the arm, get anyone out there that can stop this process. This is the same Mike Pence that they were trying to hang. And Donald Trump still, to that point, doing nothing. Finally issuing a video saying, go home, uh, but we love you. You're wonderful. Now, the deal here, (laughs) the the, from a process again, you had to. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, oh come on! If if that's your reaction to what you're hearing right now, and I really can't do justice uh, to the two hours of material that were presented. And by the way. May I make a suggestion to anyone uh, who was promoting the next round of hearings? We were told, the viewing public was told several times over, this is going to begin at 7 p.m. No, no. At 7 uh, p.m., and I was watching MSNBC... At 7 p.m., an extended series of interviews and and preparatory statements, and whoever had something to say, and anything but the hearings took place between 7 and 8 p.m. And I had set aside. I, I believed, may, may, call me naive. Uh, I've been I've been called far worse, but I, I believed that they meant that there was going to be an early start time on the hearings. No. The start time is 8 p.m., and it went to roughly 10 p.m., with a 10-minute recess somewhere halfway through that process. So please, uh, whoever is promoting this, don't don't piss people off by specifically getting the word out or allowing the word to go out that this will start at 7 p.m. It doesn't. It makes more sense, of course. You're used to seeing this, that it'll go from 8 to 10. So much of what was salient last night was the probative nature of the evidence that showed that what Donald Trump was doing was knowingly lying again and again continually to the American public and and there were little bits and pieces of information that were so salient to this also that many Republicans knew they were in the same boat Liz Cheney referred to a number didn't name all but a number of Republicans who who immediately sought pardons from Donald Trump uh, for uh, for their their perceived uh, culpability, you know, uh, what we call mens rea, knowing the mindset of of, of the guilty, knowing that they had done something wrong, and were seeking pardons from Donald, basically for what they had done in connection with the uh, January 6th situation. Donald, of course, never granted any of those because it would have basically given some kind of uh, credence, to the notion that he was aware of the, of the illegality of everything he'd done. He, he simply had to hold his ground and does to this day, never, never gave himself a pardon for any of this stuff. Simply f- counting on uh, his own ego and his own narcissism, his own stupidity, some would argue, uh, but, 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 his, uh, but his compulsive stupidity, and there are plenty of other ways that Mary Trump, his nieces, has, has described it: uh, to to continue a lie and to hold people in his grip. That is his more compelling need. This is this is part of his pathology. But but there was a statement read yesterday that I had not been aware of, and I can remember not long after January sixth, uh, talking about the fact that Rudy Giuliani. Uh, the former uh, U- U.S. prosecutor for the for, you know for the for, New- for the Southern New York major 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 position in the government, former uh, two-time mayor of the city of New York, tried to keep himself on for a third term after after the nine eleven uh, attacks and everything. Mike Mike Blumenf- uh, Mike you know the, the, the su- his successor said no thank you I can handle this myself. And and watching him go kind of bonkers over time after that, uh, becoming more and more radicalized, and ultimately finding himself within the um, within the, the inner circle of Donald Trump. Back on the 24th of June, a year ago, almost a year ago in 2021. Um, I didn't realize this. I think I'd stopped. I'd, I'd taken my eye off the story. But Rudy was suspended. His li- I, I kept saying, I, how, how can New York permit this man's license, a legal license, knowing that he lied his, 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 his ass off in countless courts, nearly 60 uh, not that he was the lead attorney in every one of them, but I think in most of them he was, and lying to the courts about what was going on. Uh, he he basically did have his license suspended. Uh, let's see. So it would have been uh, the New York appellate barred Rudy Giuliani. The former. I'm going to read. I'm going to read from an article from back in that time. The New York Appellate Court Thursday barred Rudy Giuliani, the former New York City mayor and personal lawyer to former Donald J. Trump, from practicing law in New York because he made false claims about the 2020 election. Now, because he made false claims about the 2020 election... <laughs> At what point do does this become culpable behavior? At what point is it just my opinion versus that of anyone else? At what point can you willfully remain ignorant of what actually happened? I I, I want to just read some more from this article. Um, this is this was filed. This is from a statement uh, that the panel of judges that. Withdrew his license, and and they withdrew his license prior to a full hearing on the matter. It's sort of it's sort of a, a preemptive pulling. He had a right to challenge this, and it's it's unusual that it would be done in this way. It has to be a very egregious situation, especially in New York State. But here's, here is here is a statement that came uh, with the pulling of his license a year ago. It said, uh, the panel of judges wrote in its decision that there is uncontroverted evidence that respondent Giuliani communicated demonstrably false and misleading statements to courts, lawmakers, and the public at large in defending Trump's false claim that he won the 2020 election. All right, so, so he, he lied. The panel said that Giuliani's conduct, quote, immediately threatens the public interest. The panel cited rules of conduct for attorneys that bar lying to tribunals of judges and require that lawyers not, quote, engage in conduct involving dishonesty, fraud, deceit, or misrepresentation. The decision rejected Giuliani's arguments, that his statements were protected by constitutional guarantees of free speech, and his suggestion that he did not know his statements about the election were false when he made them. The judges singled out Giuliani at first claiming, and then not claiming, that there was election fraud in public appearances before the courts. This is a quote, and I remember this so clearly. This is a quote from their from their statement. The 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 the, uh, the judges that 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 withdrew his license. Respondent argues that there was no misconduct because he truthfully told the court that day that there were no fraud claims. The judges wrote that defense rings hollow. What Giuliani was doing, and I and I and I just want to bring this out because this will come out when trial when the trials involving Trump eventually. Uh, uh, start showing up. What Giuliani would do is he would have these press conf. Do you remember this the what they called the hardware store press conference in Pennsylvania where he stood there and 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 his and his hair dye was dripping down his face as he yelled and screamed and jumped up and down and said that this is all a lie. It was everything that that the election was stolen blah blah blah. And finally I think it was the same day but it, this this is this is indicative of, this, of of what the judges of the of what the panel was referring to in disbarring Giuliani when he would go into court Knowing full well that everything he just said is a lie, when questioned by the court, well, can you present your claims? What, are, what is the proof of your fraud? Invariably, and this happened on multiple occasions, Giuliani would turn around and he said, I'm sorry, I have nothing here. And the court would be like, well, then what are we doing here? And it was apparent what Giuliani was doing. He was playing to the cameras before and after the case, but but trying somehow to protect or imagining that he was protecting himself legally because once he was in a court of law and God knows as bad as his brain has gotten he must have had some muscle memory of what a good lawyer is supposed to do when they're in a litigation environment you don't lie to the court directly when the court can prove you're lying because that really has some terrible consequences so so He basically took the approach that I'm only going to lie a little bit. I'll only lie about the front end of these things. I'll lie before I get to court. I'll lie after I get to court. But in court, I will play by the rules and the court will basically allow it. But, But I'll have done what I was supposed to do for Donald because I kept the lie going before, and I kept the lie going after. And then I waffled when I was in court. Now, this is, of course, unacceptable. It's, it's, it's a willful ignorance argument, and, and, it's, and there is legal, there is a legal basis for denying a willful ignorance defense when you have so much information given to you from so many sources that totally contradicts what you're saying in a public environment. It doesn't have to be in a courtroom but when you are in that public position and everything you're saying is a lie simply to promote a particular position and then in court you basically have to jiggle it around a little bit because well that that could have some kind of cons No. No, that level of willful ignorance and that sudden and that sudden conversion process is not recognized by the court. It costs Ruli Giuliani his license. It's also indicative of what will happen once Donald Trump is indicted and on trial. He will basically, and, and you have to understand how Donald works, he will he will not be able, he will not basically lie grossly, he will attempt to to waffle and fudge his way around the facts. He is a good enough witness, and has done this enough times, that he will attempt to basically tiptoe around his statements. The prosecutorial side of this is such that he won't be able to. See, that's the storyline this time. Trump has never been in there, in court, as a criminal defendant where his life and liberty is on the line. And never has there been this much evidence against him. So this is what's driving his people and him crazy. It's what's driving Fox crazy. It's what's making all of his promoters crazy. The body of evidence out there now against Trump is overwhelming. And what's happening now with Cheney and and Benny Thompson and the January 6th commission is a blow-by-blow from a prosecutorial perspective storyline being laid out. And as I say, from what I saw last night, if that's any indication of what you're going to see in coming weeks, this is a slam dunk, throw him in the slammer, throw away the key on Donald situation. And Trump and his people know it. And all he can do at this point is shout and yell and threaten and make it clear that if they dare do something to me, it will be that much worse. That's where we are right now. The Attorney General of the United States, by the end of this month will have more information, and has already gotten, I'm sure, more information than anyone could possibly ever need to bring an indictment and an absolutely airtight case against a criminal defendant, and the worst of criminal defendants, a president of the United States who attempted to take down his own country. He has no We've said this on any number of occasions on this show. Merrick Garland has no choice. He must indict Donald Trump. Once these hearings are finished, and once, if, if again, yesterday being indicative of how they will be conducted, once this entire process has played out, there's no way in hell there cannot be an indictment of Donald Trump. And if there's going to be an indictment of Donald Trump, it has to happen sooner than later. It must intersect. It must basically precede the upcoming elections. If that indictment takes place, then we will stand a chance of basically negating by federal legislation because even a, a schlump like a, like, a, like a Joe Manchin would have to come on board with this. We would basically knock down the rules that we have, the the, the filibuster rules, and we would pass a rule that basically would negate the ability of these politically uh, appointed attorney, uh, uh, secretaries of states around the country to overturn elections. We would stop at least that level of the horror show that promises to happen because, let me tell you, If if even one election around the country basically is decided by some fraudulent uh, decision of some local attorney general or some local uh, secretary of state, politically appointed Republican, and basically shifts the result because I don't like the way it came out and it'll be so transparent that that's the way it happened, we are going to have more hell on our hands than we can possibly imagine. The only way to blunt what will be a bad situation, no matter what, this is free advice, anyone who is willing to listen, is to intercept this process at the earliest possible date. Indict Donald Trump as quickly as humanly possible. Throw the book at him as hard and fast as you can. Let that shock basically resonate through Trump world. Because the longer you wait, Merrick Garland, to do anything about this, the longer the sense of he can survive it, he can make it through it, the the longer the notion that we only can make it through him and now it's, it's... he, he, he is invincible, he is above the law, and you are basically, you have no, you have nothing against him. Now, use these hearings. Use the factual material. Whether or not Republicans want to admit they're watching or listening or anything else, get it out there. Indict Donald There will be problems around in various pockets of the country. But begin that process. Watch the Republican Party now begin to pull away from him. They will have to. If they circle their wagons around Donald now, if he is indicted, if that's what the Republican Party on a congressional level does, then there was no hope for the country to begin with, if we've gone that far. The one thing that we can do, and I think will have a resonating effect with Republicans, will be taking Donald out of the sphere, out of the range of being the kingmaker. Once he is the indicted kingmaker, this gives a lot of people a lot of cover. It gives a lot of Republicans an opportunity, at least those in Congress, to say, well, basically, uh, this is this. Uh, it, it's inappropriate to be supporting an individual while he's in the middle of. I, 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 I'm not sure about whether, I, I, I don't have a, an opinion about whether he did what he did, but, but I, I don't want to interfere with the process of the court, and I feel that that has to play itself out. I think it would be healthier for all of us and better for the party if we were able to. You get the idea. Merrick Garland, use these hearings as your excuse. You don't need an excuse. You have. It's all there. T- timing will be everything. The longer you wait, the worse this can become. Get it out there now. Get it out there. Begin the, begin the, get the indictment out there well in advance of the election in November. Make this, make Donald, throw him out there, or throw him out, as it were, and make the Republicans have to react to him. It's basically going to throw the the, the gates wide open and, and, and confuse a lot of people. But a lot of people are going to have to really choose sides. And they may have chosen them already. I have a lot a, a sense that enough of them will back away from Donald. If they're not going to back away from him, then there's nothing that we can do to really save the way this country is going, one way or the other. If they're willing to embrace an indicted criminal, uh, I, I, I'm not sure where you go. Watch the remainder of these hearings. Merrick Garland, please, for the love of God, indict this man. Make this, get us on a path away from him. Give the Republicans the one opportunity they may have to to basically uh, disavow this, this lunatic, to basically move him out of a sphere of influence, to diminish his sphere, his sphere of influence. Give them some reason to basically try to re- redeem themselves, to say, well, you know, I, 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 had, to, I had to basically do this because if my conscience, or whatever, passes for a conscience with a lot of Republicans right now. It was wrong. Let's, let's see if we can. Maybe, maybe moving on will be moving on past Donald Trump. <clears> That's <throat> going to be messy as all hell. <clears throat> but, but, but stay with us fellow Republicans, you, you, you have to, you have to, st- let, let the facts, let the, you know, we are a nation of laws and we are, we are Republicans, we respect, you know, <clears throat> all the bullshit that may suddenly, you know, come welling out of them, give them a chance to direct it in a positive way. And make Donald the punching bag, as he needs to be. Basically take him out of the equation. But if it's not done before the November elections we're in for a far worse situation. There's no choice. Merrick Garland has to know this. Stay tuned. Watch all of this information as best you can. Absorb it. See it, in its, see it in, in, for, the, for the beautifully thought out prosecutorial argument the the general the opening statement argument was what we had last night now we're going to get details and there were plenty of details last night too coming right from the mouths or and in the case of Donald Trump from his tweets saying come and it's going to be hell it's going to be wild we're going to go have it we're going to have a crazy thing on January 6th. when he said that is incredibly significant yeah, it, 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 it's 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 all right there it's a prosecutor's dream the entire the entire layout. The, 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 the defense attorneys that he's going to be, Trump's defense attorneys will be among the worst in history for this. They'll be yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and cl- and it'll be it'll be a mess. The U.S. attorneys that will try this case will be the best in history. And it will be tried in a way that no way in hell are they not going to win this one. And they know it. And they know it. Stay tuned. And, and please stay tuned because it's, it is Friday, you know. It's, it's, it's the 10th of June. And uh, there's somebody coming up uh, just after the break over here. Yeah, David Bach is in the wings. Stay with us. He has quite a bit to add to the conversation. We'll be right back after a little jazz. Yeah, you know what's at stake, and I know, we all know, we can count on you, on behalf of all of us at Central Left Radio. Thank you. And we're back, and you're listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web and the internet and every place else uh, where you can either... Listen to our podcast. You may be listening to us as a podcast. Or you may be at our, uh, at our homepage, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. And if you're there, you've hit the second link on the page, and you are basically listening to us via our radio loop. You, you know all that. And what you also know, uh, since it's Friday... Uh, there's somebody else, and, and not really in the wings, but someone with some really great ideas that they'd like to express. Uh, it, it's that time when I get to say the words that start that process. Uh, you know the words, too. David, what's on your mind?
1: Hi. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I got a lot going on. So if you want to listen to more of what I say, you can follow me on uh, Twitch at twitch.tv No ideas. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Faces IPS. Okay. Um, I usually stream 7 to 9 p.m. It varies week to week, so you have to follow me on both of those to make sure you uh, can catch up. Yeah. Um, look, so Friday, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, we have, we've hit that new peak season. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but it's caravan season.
0: It's what uh, season? Say again? It's caravan season. Caravan season, okay.
1: Um, how, how does that work? <laughs> well, the way it works is, if you watch Fox News, there's care of it. Oh,
0: oh, 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 okay. Go on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, however, if you do watch Fox News, there's going to be something you're going to be unaware of that's happening. So, in the, the sliver of the reality that this show interacts with Fox News viewers, you should be aware that on Thursday, or having happened on Thursday... Is the start of the public January 6 committee hearings. Right. Um, the only way to watch them on Fox is to watch. I believe it's their their Fox Business. This whatever their whatever their sub channel is. Right.
0: Uh, okay. But not but not fo- not the main Fox News. They're they're they're, they're not going to carry it.
1: No. Tucker Carlson will not be carrying the January 6 uh, hearings that day. Gee,
0: why he he? He'll, he'll be
1: yelling about.
0: God knows. Caravans? (laughs) Whatever, you know. I I guess, you know, and when I heard heard this announcement a few days ago that that Fox wasn't wasn't among the... uh, uh, the, 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 wasn't going to admit to the real world and and, and still kind of uh, just keep their people away from it. Does... Does simply, you know, going co- closing your eyes and going wah, 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 wah while, you cover, while, you, while you patch your ears, uh, does, does that work in this instance for Fox viewers? And I know that's a tough one to answer, but, but it seems transparently weak. It seems like a very weak thing to do. Uh, We can't talk about this. We're not going to show it because we're obviously aware that if we do show it, there ain't nothing that we can do except except cut in and cut off whatever anyone is saying because they're going to say stuff that's not going to be nice and you're not going to want to hear it and they're going to have every bit of evidence lined up to prove it. I mean, do they have a choice here? What do you think?
1: Um, yeah they can not short Look generally if you're a consistent Fox News viewer you're able to hold multiple competing thoughts in your head Right um so if they just don't show the hearings you're not going to care anyway at the point where you're you're consistently getting your information from Fox you're you're probably convinced that the January 6 hearing is a uh, a hidden, a Clinton backed plot by Obama to. From Antifa to frame Trump supporters.
0: Yeah, that's that 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 sounds about right. I, you you may have you may have left out two or three you know con- connecting points over there in in the larger conspiracy. I didn't hear you mention anything about a pizzeria or 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 underground uh, passages to to uh, you know to to abduct children. But okay, something like that sounds like what would probably be the uh, be the case. Um, I know it's going to be, and there's all sorts of, of, of salient information coming out of the committee here, and I'm sure there'll be more bombshells as, as additional uh, hearings take place. Do you have any particular hope uh, for the information coming from these televised hearings uh, having any kind of an impact on the political environment?
1: I hope they do. Um, the, the goal has to be for them not to get bogged down with a whole bunch of names and, um, and like little details because that's part of what happened with like all of the, the uh, Trump-Russia stuff. They were yeah. able to like bring in all these random names and fusion GPS and random and, like that's how we got the Sussman stuff. Yeah. Like and make that and just muddy the waters. They need to make it very clear and very easy to follow for even the dumbest American that the Donald Trump administration attempted to overthrow the election well before January sixth.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: January sixth was not the beginning. January sixth was the violent end to their overthrow. They spent basically months leading up to that point attempting to overturn the election. And it was held by essentially every single level of the Republican machine, whether it's um, state parties, whether it's local parties, whether it's um, grassroots activists, whether it was the president, whether it was the cable news host, whether it was the chief of staff, essentially everybody. They just charged the Proud Boys with seditious conspiracy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This is a big deal. Now, of course there's always two there's two other things. All of this is moot if Merrick Garland doesn't do dick, which is kind of what's happening. I mean they got Peter Navarro, but he let the other two off. Um if they're if they're not gonna do anything or arrest anybody, then it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. It means seditious conspiracy is is fine. I mean, there's no there's no penalty for it. it. I mean, seditious conspiracy, of course, it it still exists, but but obviously, we wouldn't dream of actually making somebody. Uh, have to pay a price for, for being part of a seditious conspiracy. That, that, that might have political consequences, and, and, and the right might get upset. God knows what they'd say about us. God knows what Tucker might say. I mean, that's, that's, that's one thought process. The other thought process, obviously, is that if you start second-guessing yourself and you're on the side of true law and order here, and you, and you begin pulling your punches and, and rethinking your strategy because you're out thinking yourself about how the other side might react and your entire approach becomes infected with this thought process that cannot go beyond what will the other side's reaction be, then you may as well not begin this process. And I, and I have to hope. that that a conversation to this effect has taken place many times within the committee. I I, I can't imagine Liz Cheney basically pulling her punches at this point. She's been the ultimate non-punch puller in this entire process. If if there was any sense that she was beginning to do that, we'd know it pretty quickly. I, I, I just have a feeling, David, that that this one is going to be no holes barred. At least I hope it is. I, I, I guess that's that's the only place where we can really uh, uh, rest at this moment. But, you know, that's why they play the games, you know?
1: Well, yeah. And the other thing is, like some of these responses to it, they're going to say, oh, it's political.
0: Yeah, of course. Yes. Like go- I it, genuinely
1: it, it, think that anytime a president attempts to overturn the current system of government that you have, it is generally considered a political
0: act of course it's it's a totally political act it happens to be and it also happens to intersect with illegal and and felonious and and seditious and and all of those other unnice things that that have very 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 ugly penalties attached to them in our uh in our federal system. Uh, this, this, this was the stuff of firing squads. In most other countries, this, many of the people that, whose names are regularly in the news, including the former president, uh, and I, I hope I'm not shocking anyone by saying this, but this is the stuff of firing squads uh, around the world to this day. Uh, here, we, uh, we just stretch it out, string it out, politicize it, and, and it, it, it winds up behind guns and uh, abortion rights uh, in, in, in our consciousness because there's, there's just so many other things that are competing uh, for uh, ineffectual reaction. Uh, or, or ways of getting us annoyed about how our government is being handled uh, by people who really don't give a damn except for their own power.
1: Yeah, um, that is true. But let's let's actually switch to some of those topics. Okay. Um, so there's not really much new on abortion rights except the ruling is probably coming down in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, that's uh, what I'd heard, yeah.
1: Um, so we'll see how... How bad that is because that's always a good thing to to remind people, like yeah, like we've known about it since the case got to the Supreme Court we've had basically confirmation since the the memo was leaked, yep and now it's it's going to be real we're going to see the largest backslide of rights in this country, probably ever,
0: probably probably. Uh,
1: uh, And then on a a kind of related note, we're also seeing um, just an absurd backlash to trans people. Like To be clear, they're not just doing trans people in sports. Their leap is already starting to take to they just shouldn't exist. Um, You have pastors calling for the government to execute every gay person in the country for being gay. Um, We have... States like Ohio, which can't have more than a dozen trans kids, passing a bill that says any parent can decide to make a claim arguing about whether or not a child is trans or not, and that child has to go get their genitals checked, they have to get their chromosomes tested, they have to get their blood work, all because they think this child is trans. Yeah, now this goes through. Oh, to kids as young as, like, 10 to 13.
0: Yeah. Th- that, 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 that law, of course, would violate if it's been— has, has that, in fact, been passed at this point? It has
1: passed the Ohio
0: Senate. And has But it hasn't been signed by the governor yet? It's not been signed by the governor Okay, yet. If it is signed into law, it, it violates every, every conceivable First Amendment rights and a, and a, and a few more. But but the the thing that I'm worried about, and this ties into your last uh, point you were making about the uh, Roe v. Wade, if the Supreme Court is no longer a credible vehicle, for two reasons: first, because it no longer b- believes in its own stare decisis rule; it doesn't believe it doesn't it doesn't hold itself to its prior decisions, and if no one has called for the impeachment of the two justices, Kavanaugh and, uh, who was the other, the male, the male, uh, justice that was a Trump appointed. Gorsuch? Yeah, Gorsuch. If no one is calling for their impeachment for having lied during their Senate confirmation hearing... Well, that only further underscores the fact that no one gives a damn that the court is lying to the American people, and can't, it, but what it does is just amplifies the notion that it can't be trusted in any way.
1: So, well, so my issue with, with uh, the court and the numbers is um, is more. I think Thomas needs to go just just on the fact that he appears to have been part of all this. And I hope that something from these hearings brings in Ginny Thomas and that that actually pushes Democrats to at least look into having decided to maybe talk about removing him. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to get removed. And then as soon as that happens, you have to be aware that uh, that um, uh, Kentucky Brown-Jackson will also face whatever they respond to Thomas with. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, like, between Gorsuch, Barrett, and Kavanaugh, at least one of them should still be there because, the, as, as annoying as it is to know that, like, Merrick Garland should be on the Supreme Court um, because Mitch McConnell stole right. the seat, Ruth Bader Ginsburg still died. Like, that still happened. Yep. And then um, the other justice retired. Yeah. So, like, those seats should still have been filled, but you cannot both have Gorsuch and Barrett on because the the rationale in which they became on the court is in opposite, uh, it, it cannot stand on its own two legs because it's in direct content-
0: contention with itself. Exactly, exactly. But but, but again, <clears throat> my my contention here, <coughs> excuse me, is that basically you have, we have on tape, and they've shown it, in recent weeks—I mean, they haven't shown it in a while, there's too much other stuff going on—we have the evidence of both um, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh lying, specifically lying to the Senate panel about whether or not they would overturn Roe v. Wade lying to the Senate panel about whether or not they respected stare decisis, so that a basis for ruling on them is based on their lies. Now, if we just let that go, then that destroys, for me, I mean, as, 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 I, as I sit here and look at this right now, I, I, have, I have lost all respect for the Supreme Court. I don't know what to make of them. I don't know what they are. I'll, I'll wait now to see what happens in a week or so. As you said, when when the opinion, the leaked opinion, does or does not become official in the same form it was leaked, we'll we'll see where that goes. It seems pretty evident that it's going to be official in the form that it is, and if nothing more is done at that point, then the court has lost all credibility in my eyes, and 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 I'm not the only one. So. You know, it's a question of somebody please um, make this claim, or, you know, who, someone, someone say the court is totally politicized and it doesn't really work anymore, and someone have the nerve to say, why should I believe what it says? Why should I follow its rulings? It's it's a political, uh, it's a political hack job, the whole thing. So we'll, you know, now that it's a conservative court, we'll wait for the next conservative ruling. I'll choose to believe it or not. I mean, this is what I see. Uh, this is what I see in the wings. This is what I see coming up.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't matter. Like the the real issue here is that like the country is backsliding into a aggressive, violent country. Yeah, and there's yeah. not going to be anything done by one of the political. Well, actually, both because. This is, this is the rope-a-dope strategy that we're getting again. So um, since Duvalde, there have been something like 20 mass shootings.
0: Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. Now, keep in mind, I talk about this, we average about one mass shooting a day. Yeah. Um, obviously, not all mass shootings are the same, but they all fall under the same category as long as they hit the the four-plus people hurt. Four-plus
0: people, yeah.
1: Um, so since then, they put John Cornyn in charge of something for the Republican Party, and nothing is going to happen. They're just going to pretend that, like, it's not a big deal. Um, They're going to just say that, oh, the Democrats are asking for too much, that they're doing stuff um, that's ineffectual, and that's going to fall apart. It's basically kind of the same as what they did with infrastructure. It's the same as what they did with police reform. It's the same as what they did with voting rights. They're just running out the clock because they know that eventually, like, Americans— don't have the attention span to realize what's happening. And it's incredibly frustrating. I think it's something like 44% of Republicans, first of all, think that mass shootings are just a thing you should live with. Uh, really? <laughs> but the other thing is, like, gas prices are bad. Yes, I understand that. Inflation is bad. But they think we're heading toward a recession when the economy is, like, at full bore. Yeah. the, the, Like, the actual – and, and – this is the, the frustrating thing is, like, it's very easy to just say, okay, you know, Joe Biden's at fault for gas, which, if you have any understanding of things, understand that the president doesn't control the gas prices. And obviously saying, oh, the president doesn't control the gas prices, the, uh, uh, you know, we're doing better in comparison to our European allies and basically the rest of the world, and there's a lot of, you know, factors going on that we don't control, doesn't make it easier for people. The fact that Britain passed a 25% windfall tax that is going to give like two grand a month or something to their citizens is a thing that we're not even considering. Like the fact that we don't have any push for that. It is so easy for the Republicans to say all these things. And then all you have to do is follow up with, do you have an actual policy that would fix literally anything? Not, not a slogan, a policy because the things that you have so far voted against are raising children out of poverty, making the uh, expanding the civil rights in this country, expanding voting rights in this country, um, having clean air and clean water, and expansion in infrastructure and uh, price gouging on um, people from gas prices, uh, access better access to future uh, baby formula, better access to protection against future pandemics. We actually did pass. The, um, the, the, the Heroes Act, the, the Save Our Pits Act, which was, uh, increased funding for veterans who are suffering from, uh, cancerous effects from burn pits in Afghanistan and Iran that I believe that just passed yesterday. Yeah. Um, we, like, there's a whole list of things. Um, you know, they just bitch and moan, but they, they have to understand there's two models that are going to come out of this they can either have a policy and attempt to pass something through a clearly broken system because let's be clear as soon as they control all three houses of uh, of government the uh filibuster is done Yep. if they don't have a 60 volt threshold the filibuster is done um the the other the other outline is they're basically lining up for a unilateral control by the president because they keep saying the president has to fix this. The president has to fix that. And he keeps saying, hey, look, it's not just me. Congress has to pass something. And they're like, no.
0: Yeah. So if you don't want to take the responsibility that the, uh, the Constitution gives you, if you don't want to do what the law has given you because you're afraid of some political uh, reaction at some point and you just want to, you know, kick the can down the road, the can will go down the road and it will probably wind up at the feet of the least uh, desirable uh, force or individual uh, to handle that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to to determine it. Um, David, what else is going on?
1: Uh, the I don't know. I feel like that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I. I. am I'm. I'm just. I'm just looking at the, where we've gone so far, and I. I think you know there. There isn't a. I think that's enough to swallow. But. But the over. The overarching kind of storyline that goes with all of this is an abdication of responsibility on the part of one half its not even half it's less than half of the of the body politics certainly at the federal level and at many many state levels versus this apparent inability uh, of the Democrats to come together to get anything done and the president uh, seeming to be uh, uh, unable to uh, move anything forward. There, there's, this, there's this absolute stasis that, that feels like it's in place, and it's a, it's, a very, it's a very unsettling feeling that nothing seems to go in any direction towards any kind of a solution when it should. And I, I just am not sure how far we can continue uh, in, in in this mode of uh, nothingness, of of, of uh, non-functionality, uh, uh, I, I I I just I, I'm just I, I scratch my head, wondering about this and wondering when uh, somebody does something weird when something strange happens, when, when somebody says, I've when someone says, as they're probably saying almost every day, I've had enough of this, and something odd, really odd, begins to happen. You can't not do stuff for this long without people taking things into their own hands. Whoever, for whatever purpose, to whatever end. It, it's, it's just not a good idea to do nothing and to keep finding ways of, of, of basically putting off what people know needs to be done. And I, I think of that especially in the gun-related situation and, 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 and getting rid of Roe v. Wade. I mean, that, that's this stuff is crazy, but here we are. And uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate and very thankful once again, David, to have your input on this. Uh, that's why we play the games. And uh, there's a lot more to come. I have a feeling that by the time we get together again, there'll be a lot more to talk about relative to the, um, to the results of the, uh, of the January 6th committee hearings. And I, I'm sure that you'll be talking about it in your other uh, communications channels. What are they again?
1: Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv TV slash Fresh Faces New Ideas and on Twitter at Faces
0: Ideas. And with that, uh, I thank you once again for joining us here on Center Left Radio, and to, well, to just maybe step back from all this, if not solve it, just take it in and maybe not worry about it too much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the right words are at this point, but. In any event, I do know what the effect is when I say uh, a little more jazz. listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. The hearings that began last night, the televised hearings of the January 6th committee were skillful in the extreme, laying out a prosecutorial opening statement of of great skill, but if they do not lead to a near-term indictment of the president, the former president, before the 2022 elections, they will be an exercise in rhetoric and only give greater encouragement to the enemies of this country.